Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and friends beyond the binary. It's time for the podcaster who's already distracted by dish soap, uh, and then also distracted. Did I already do? It's time for the pod. Are you up only tossing, turning, mind racing? You know, maybe because of too much dish soap. Or this episode, if you could, if you could title this intro, it'd be dish dish soap deception. Yeah, with you know, but anyway, it's time for what did I say? Are you up only tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Because it's time for sleep with me. The podcast that's here to put you to sleep. And we do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. And what I'm going to do is create a safe place where you can set aside uh, issues, whatever's keeping you awake. Issues uh, with soap, soap issues. Oh, wait, I have, I have been thinking a lot about soap today because I had a whole nother soap thing. I don't even, I didn't even bring my soapbox. As far as I could tell, none of it came in a box, the soaps that I'm thinking of. If you're soapy, I would say take a quick shower and rinse off and then listen to this podcast. Uh, But if you're awake because of thoughts, uh, feelings, uh, like sensations, noises, changes, events, whatever it is I'd like to take your mind off of that, that's what the safe place is, a safe distraction, an alternative story. A kind voice being sent across the deep, dark night. These are the things I'm attempting to do here. If you're new, let me set the podcast up for you. So we had our business part of the podcast. That's out of the way. And now we have an intro. These intros can run anywhere from 8 to, to, to 12 to 14 minutes uh, or any, you know, somewhere in between. It's kind of like a mini show. You know, some people skip and other people listen to if either fall asleep to, but it's usually a way for me to kind of say, who's making this podcast? Why are we making it and what's it about? But mostly what I do is I demonstrate how the podcast works, mostly by accident. What I do is I say, I'm going to try to attempt to do all those things. Instead, I just kind of be myself and then I say, well, that was uh, that was very meandering. Uh, then after that, well, this is a uh, Star Trek episode, the Next Generation, Next Borification. Maybe we just saw to the title. I don't. I've recorded. I don't even know how many episodes I've recorded. This might be the fourth. I think this is the fourth episode. And I think we finally came up with Star Trek: The Next Borification. No, I guess we didn't. We were close. Uh, but but it, we're getting there. Probably by the time you hear this, it'll be decided. Uh, but coming up here, we'll recap episode Justice. Uh, so you could skip ahead to that, or you could listen to this. You're under no pressure to really pay attention. So you say, well, for some people it doesn't matter. Some people you might want to get to the Star Trek stuff right away. Uh, you can use this podcast how you wish. You know, if you want to use it for pet soothing, I don't think it'll. I don't think it'll take any stains out of laundry. As a matter of fact, I'm a stainer. You know, I'm Mister Messy. So. You know, I was just dealing with some hours ago. I was dealing with grease stains on my pants, and that was before the great dish soap deception that I just came across. I don't know how. I don't want to call out any of the major brands either, so I'll have to be sensitive about that. But um, so that's how the podcast works. You you don't need to listen. You don't need to pay attention, but you can. I'll be here as your boyfriend, sitting here. Uh, trying to keep you company, trying to take your mind off stuff, make you look forward to bedtime or not dread it. And 
like, uh, let, me, let me just get to my personal issues, you know, because that's uh, like, uh, who's making this podcast? A person that thinks, uh, t- t- today, a person that's thinking a lot about soaps. Also, this is a crazy thought. I said, why don't I make a YouTube video about this soap? And uh, I said, well, I don't make YouTube videos of creative brain. And uh, what are you talking about? I think, like, I have voices and stories going in my head all day long, and that was the first time I tuned into that one. Like, there's a YouTuber in my brain, 24-7 broadcasting uh, YouTube channel ideas. I also just pitched someone on, again, I have no business doing this. I I barely have a second of time other than, but I said, I pitched someone on a Twitch channel earlier today, too. I said, let's do, I said, I think we could do something here. So I have overactive brain, uh, check, uh, ability to obsess about things, check, and those kind of things can keep you awake. And also stuff like with a little bit of a sharper edge like this. So I had I have a positive dish. Well, I have an unresolved uh, soap story, a positive one, and then one that I'm not too happy about. But it's not the end of the world thing. Well, it's not really that big a deal. And we got about six minutes here. Uh, so I'll try to run through this. So the positive one. So I had grease stains. I'm both, I have two pairs of the same gray Levi's pants or ge- like pants, jeans. They're pants, I guess, because they're gray and they're not denim. And you say, well, why do you have two exact same pairs of the pants? Well, one, they became discontinued. Uh, two, I stain everything I own. Three, I don't like wearing pants. Uh... And when I started wearing these, they said, well, these aren't bad. I better buy another one since they're discontinued because uh, you know what will happen. And in my original plan had been to, like, you know, wear one pair for a year and just keep the other pair and then start wearing them. But then I started just alternating whichever pair was clean, you know. But today I face the prospect of uh, probably returning the pants from work wear because they were my pants to wear to work. And they just go into the street. Because, I, I mean, my personal life, like, people are, you know, seeing grease stains. The problem with grease stains is why do they have to be in the crotch area always? I mean, because it's where I wipe my greasy hands. I mean, there's no grease going on around there, you know. So, But it, but it's just it's just not a great spot for grease stains anyway. Because you say, Jesus, like, uh, and they say, well, you're not drawing any attention there. I say, thanks, insulting Brent. Yeah, I'm not drawing. Thanks, that's hilarious. That's totally hilarious. But so, and I'd say this bar. So at some point, a friend in, I would meet at a 99 cent store, and we would do the fun 99 cent store shopping. And she was telling me about this pink soap uh, that her mom used that you can get at 99 cent stores. Ends up there's two brands, so I don't want to. Uh, that make this pink bar soap, laundry soap, hard, hard laundry soap. And we were, of all the topics we were talking about, it was the stains on my shirt. And I said, well, geez, I don't think I can even get these grease stains out of here. Because they were, it was when I was an insect trapper and they were from the glue anyway. And she said, well, you should use this, uh, this soap my mom uses, uh, this pink bar soap. And so at some point I decided to try that. And since then, which would probably be twelve years, I've had this pink bar of soap with me. And when I had, when I, when I, like the problem is, you know, realizing you need, like, uh, like having a. I don't have a laundry routine. I just do it when I have time. Uh, but I knew these were my favorite two pairs of the same pants. I don't know if that counts as one pair. 
but so I said, well, let me try to get these crotch, crotch. I mean, they're from the knee all the way up. Of course, they're on the thigh. It's like, uh, let me deal with these grease stains. And they're they're pending. Actually, the wash is done because I had, it, but they're not in the dryer because they said, well, you know, I can't have the dryer going when I'm recording the podcast. Uh, but I've I've used that pink soap before, and I've never like I don't know if I've tracked. I don't pay attention, you know, because I'm permanently used to grease stains. So I've never said, "Wow, that really got it out." But I've never been disappointed either in this soap. So pink ninety nine cent store soap. I, I will say one of the brands because it's very podcasty. Word zot zot soap. That's the best pod. I mean zot. I should uh, a, a little close to zygote. You're right over. Um, yeah. But otherwise, that would be a great nickname. Zote, Z-O-T-E, I believe. Uh, get yourself some Zote soap. Uh, it's a free ad for uh, Zote soap, 99 cents at the 99 cent store. Uh, so that was a positive and pending. We'll see how it turns out. I'll tell you what, it like, uh, probably won't care because I say, well, those were my work pants. I have uh, four pairs of work pants, two gray Two tan, exact same model as my gray pants. And then I have another pair of pants that are like casual type pants that I put, that I had to buy for a wedding, like on the way to the wedding. And luckily I got, I had time to get them dry clean. So then it looked like good pants for just a, like uh, 20 minutes at the wedding. Um, So I'd hate to like lose, like, uh, what is that? Uh, five so two out of five is like that's like a high percentage of pant loss uh so anyway so we'll see how it turns out but then the soap deception i guess i'd wrap it up fast is that i just realized it it had this dish soap that i was using and for the longest time i was buying trader joe's dish soap because that's where i do most of my shopping and i don't really want to go to another store just to buy like one or two products, but sometimes this happens. But I always notice the Trader Joe's. I mean, I don't want to say, to say anything mean, but the, the the dish soap underperformed in my opinion, and maybe because it's more environmentally friendly. But when you're hand washing dishes, you know, I don't know. You just notice these things, and it, like if it's underperforming, you might use more soap. They had this wonderful purple, and, you know, they made up for it, like a purple-colored soap. Like, uh, But at some point, like when I was at the other grocery store, you know, the mainstream one, I realized I was out of dish soap, so I bought it there on a trip there, and it had the OxyClean or some sort of oxygenator in there. And it was, like, really like cooking with gas. Like, wa- like I, when I started washing dishes, I said, holy mackerel. And I think this was like a preemptive dish soap buy. Yeah, it was because I had half a thing of purple Trader Joe's. So I mixed the two and then I used that for a while. But then I realized that that would take a lot of planning. So then I just went back to, you know, alternating. Uh, But that would really work good, you know, if if I was more of a planner, would just be mixing your own dish soap. 50% Trader Joe's, 50%, you know, uh, like uh, dominant, you know, dominating uh, dish soap brand with oxygenation, and I'm pretty sure those are pro- that was proven not to be a real thing. But it, it, anyway, it, whatever they're doing, it, it gives me confidence in the dish soap. So you say, well, yeah, it's causing those algal blooms, and I say, I'm pretty sure that that stuff got. Uh, oh yeah, I just want to wash my dishes. I'm trying to go to sleep. This see, this is why I make a sleep podcast. 
because uh, that same place inside this says, I just want to wash my dishes, says, I just want to go to sleep. So that's what this podcast is, to offer you an alternative thing. But then today, just, just I mean, moments ago before I sat down at this mic, I was using the corporate soap, the corporate dish soap. Uh, I was listening to Who Weekly with Bobby and Lindsay. And I noticed, like I said, I wonder how much soap is in here. In the friggin' soap, the... Uh, the plastic is the same color as the soap, but not like the whole plastic, just like, uh, like, so you always think it's full of soap. And I said, holy crow, I have no idea how much soap's in here. You know, and a normal person probably just hold it up to the light and see. But I just felt like, I, like I'd been deceived, which I had been. And I said, you know, I wouldn't have, you know, I would have been much more suspicious you know, purchasing a soap without a clear bottle, but the bottle that you thought was clear because it had the blue. I said, what are, I said, what are these people up to? Like, I don't know that I've been deceived, but I felt like I felt deception. If you could tell the difference, which is worse. Cause then I say, well, I said, I mean, if I was, if I was shaming the soap, the soap shaming, the new feature on sleep with me, I'd say soap, if you didn't do such a darn job, good job foaming the heck out of this sink and actually feeling good, and then, like, you're a little almost too good, then mixing you with the Trader Joe's when I have the will to do that, you know, I would really be upset with you with your fake labeling action and possibly, you know, algal blooms. I don't know if that is your fault, but anyway. So that's why I make a sleep podcast, in a, you know, in, in, a, in a soap bottle. You know, just the soap, soap trio tonight on Sleep With Me, the soap trio. That might be anybody working on a um, doo-wop group. Feel free to use that soap trio. Or remind me, it could be another, you know, fictional autobiography. You know, my days with the soap trio. Uh, you know, you, you, like I, I want to say palm, you know, olive the palm or something, but that would be too on the nose, you know. So anyway, I'm glad you're here. You don't need to pay attention, but I'll be here for at least an hour to distract you while you fall asleep. You're not under any pressure to fall asleep right away. If you're just getting here and you're skeptical, give the podcast if you try. See if I can win your trust over. You know, you don't freeing, freely have to give it to me. I, I need to earn it, and uh, I'll do it by being a bit strange, and but doing my best. And why? Because I really hope and I really yearn to help you fall asleep. All right, thanks for coming by. All right, everybody. So tonight's quote, I don't know if this will be a new thing, but I think there's always like a little quote. Uh, I don't know. The, this quote, the quote of this episode is from Counselor Troy, who says, sharing an orbit with God is no small experience. And, uh, you know, there's so many different ways to wrap your head around that one. Quote of the night, sharing an orbit with God is no small experience. Uh, thank you, Counselor Troy. All right, folks. So this episode, we're talking about season one, episode seven, Justice. And it kept, the suggestion came in from Jonathan Mann. So I think I'll probably record an extra segment on the top here for that. And I haven't listened to last week's episode yet. but uh, So I don't know if I did this last week or this is the first time. But so, like, as I said, this, this Star Trek Next Generation thing is probably going to evolve over the next, uh, like, I don't know how many episodes. 
but with Justice, what I decided to do is watch it. So I watched it once, like actually happened to watch it like a few months ago. Uh, then I watched it again on mute in three 15-minute segments so I could maintain my focus, even though it was on mute. Uh, then I watched it a third time with the dialogue on. And then, you know, in the second half of this, I'll have it playing while we do the dialogue run-through. Uh, but let's run through this first, uh, like, interpretation here. It looks like season one, episode seven, it looks like in my handwriting it says juices, but it's justice. It, it didn't put a T in justice. And then I spelled planet wrong. Earth-like plant, P-L-A-N-T-E. Uh, Picard's arms are crossed and uh, over, wow, this is a tough one. Over the, sh- oh, over the shoulder of Picard and, so there's like an over shoulder shot of Picard and the planet or PLA, this is my handwriting, it says PL, PL, squiggly line that could be LA, uh, DR, uh, but since I spelled planet wrong, I'm going to guess it's planet, and then Troy is in, uh, oh, I said, what's up with her red gem hair thing? Is that like part of being a betazoid or or not? And is that, I think, I don't know if that's just a season one thing. It looks good. Everyone's on deck. Uh, Dr. Crusher's arms are crossed. <laughs> what does this say? Baller's seeds? Oh, pleather seats. It looked like baller's seeds. Like I said, what is that? Like, uh, I don't want to think about that too long. What are baller's seeds? But, uh. Uh, leather seats, and I think maybe I meant to put leather seats. Oh, no, then I said or pleather. The backs look like pleather. Uh, man, my handwriting's really off here. Riker, clean, oh, Riker, it looked like clean squirm, but I think it's clean shaven. Oh, also another question came up. What's the maximum number of people on the deck at, at all times? Like, is there a fire code? Well, you know, because there has to be, like, in, in a, like, a, like an alert situation, you know, you want everybody to have, you know, efficient movement. I bet you there's even, if you're on one, if you're going one way, you're just close to the console. I don't know. I'd like to know these things. Uh, uh, then the opening, maybe Earth. I, I couldn't follow it fast enough. Earth, Jupiter, Star, star Saturn, Enterprise. Okay, then we're in orbit of the Earth-like planet. And then I put WTF joggers. Uh, you got to watch this episode. It is like straight out of the 1970s or 60s. And it's pretty awesome. I mean, again, uh, the sensibility of Next Generation that I'm slowly learning and dawning on is this uh, trickster, like a trickster creator. And I don't know if that's a personality thing with Roddenberry or Moore or somebody else, but uh, very, very funny. And then you see these Jaggers, and they're very perfect people, uh, like in very skimpy clothes. Not diverse, very white and very uh, Nordic, I would guess. Uh, But they're not humans either. They're diverse in age. After you watch it three times, you start to notice these things. Uh, Worf is very defensive. I put Holy Disco Duck. And then the primary female character from the planet, I couldn't tell if she was wearing a wig or not. Her hair was very curly. Then it put very airy in there. 
Tosh is very warm when they're meeting because they're all giving hugs. Worf smells the woman's hair. Yeah, Wesley's wearing the sweater, and I, I didn't even mean this. I, maybe I did mean it as a double entendre, but I put Wesley hot in his sweater, question mark. But I don't, I, like, I was honestly thinking that, too. I'm like, doesn't Wesley get hot in that sweater? And there's lots of shared awkward looks. Guys, X, oh, he has, like, a, the guys have this, like, they have, like, a. there's different outfits. I don't think I quantified all of them. The guy's X of cloth looks like Burning Man. Oh, like it looked like the shape of the Burning Man uh, statue when you see it on uh, pictures. Because uh, the guys, they have like, and now I can't even remember. Maybe I'll just talk about that when I, like, I'll describe the episodes in the next run through. And I said, oh, this place is like some sort of space rehab. There's this big giant building. I was also wondering where they filmed this. It looked like a big like municipal like civic center or something like that might've been built in this, like during the like expert period or the suburb period where it was like built outside the city center somewhere. And it has these landscaped grounds. I mean, Marin civic center is very different than this one, but it kind of reminded me of that, like structurally, not uh, design wise. And if you never Googled Marin civic center, you know, do yourself a favor. Holy moly. I went to the bathroom there once. I just drove there. I was was up there for work. This was like 20 years ago. Maybe not that long ago, but... And I drove there. I looked around, went to the bathroom, and left. It was great. Oh, and then everyone just jogs off. uh, Like some space rehab, I said that. Where'd they film this? Uh, Wesley meets some other kids. People are playing lyres and harps, and there's some strange interpretive dance going on. Tiny cocktails are being drank, like champagne. Uh, full public oil massages. And the kind of characters lead the uh, uh, crew of the Enterprise away on their, by their hands. Which is always like an enticing, you know, at least uh, it, it does stir this feeling of uh, seduction, you know, uh, being led away by your hand. Uh, Data's on the bridge with Jordy and Picard. Uh, they're turning away from the ship uh, for the planet to see something. The alarms go off, and there's like this half-visible ship or structure. Everyone's perplexed. Jordy looks at it uh, from the lounge. It's some kind of Pepper's Ghost effect. Uh, then a light bubble floats out. It goes onto the Enterprise, up onto the bridge. What? Right up to Picard. And it makes a loud noise that kind of shakes the ship and talks to Picard. Yeah, then it shakes the ship some more. Uh, Picard seems to make some long speech at the bubble, like a little soap bubble, the theme of this night. And then it faces off with Data, who's like mesmerized by it or something, and then it just fuses to Data's forehead, which was, you know, just a bubble on the forehead. And at some point, Data just lies down and says, okay, let's just fuse here. Then we're back on the jogging planet. The kids are walking on their hands, and Wesley's kind of showing off. And then I wasn't sure if the kids were more advanced uh, in their development than Wesley or, like, uh, their practices. Because uh, Wesley kind of says, no, I'm not ready for that, but I am ready to teach uh, baseball. Uh, Riker's walking around. He's kind of taking it all in, and it's just, like, a very... Um, loving free love planet i guess and there's like people kissing everywhere making out now they're not kissing 
And Tasha, like, uh, I mean, for the time being, one of my favorite characters because she's just smooth. She's, she's, she, I don't know. There's just something about her. But she's kicking it in the in the background, and she's just having a drink with these two people. And then another group of people are playing this game with silver balls, and there's, you know, lots of free love, as I said. Riker loves it. He's cracking up. He finds everything amusing. And maybe that's, like, something that works about the show. I haven't watched enough of Next Generation, and I haven't done any reading because I'm paranoid about listening to other podcasts or reading about Star Trek Next Generation. So I have my apologies to any, you know, people that actually know stuff because I don't. I mean, my ignorance is, uh, it just, I, I, I fear that it'll complicate the podcast, you know, or mess me up. But, like, how much is Riker's amusement give the audience permission to be amused, you know? So it's like, okay, Riker's laughing. We can laugh, too. We don't, we, like, it helps to give us, like, an emotional anchor, maybe. And I don't know if Deanna Troy is another part of that. And then, uh, anyway, not important in this second. Uh, but then Riker's laughing. Worf doesn't like it. You know, Worf's but is so serious. And then Riker tries to check in with the Enterprise, but it's no dice. Uh, so then Troy and Worf are kind of worried about that. Then Tosh is kicking it, and then Worf goes over. He's not happy. I didn't know if he shamed her because she wasn't. She was just like enjoying herself in the company of these two people, like in just the art of conversation. And they were uh, drinking red cocktails. And then whatever the aliens told about, uh, whatever whatever they're talking about, makes Tosh and Worf wonder, double question mark, and what? And then they get up and it confuses the aliens. I don't know what this says, A-N-O, an ad. And then there's an ad break. And then uh, Wesley and the kids are playing in a very manicured park. And this was ridiculous. I mean, this part was, like, uh, ridiculous. Wesley crashes into this small greenhouse. It was, like, uh, it was just, I mean, it didn't take away from the episode. It was just ridiculous how uh, unlikely the the crash was. Uh, But security shows up, and they're also half-naked and jogging. And uh, they must have a lot of assholes, like like a lot of, you know, de-chafing things on this planet. Uh, Riker, or maybe they just build up a resistance. Probably that, I guess. Uh, and then Riker and the trio show up, and they, how much for the flowers? Oh, yeah, Riker's like, how much do we owe you for these flowers? And then Worf and Tasha show up. They're like, hey, don't break any flowers. They got big rules about that. And then they're like, oh, too late. Uh, and security's like, sorry, Wesley, you know, you got to you gotta go to you know, jail for this, for breaking the flowers. Uh, but the Enterprise crew's like, no, no, no way. This was an accident. Hey, have you ever, you haven't heard about what, we didn't tell you about Wesley. Like, he, he'd be, he crashes into flowers and stuff. He's brilliant. Uh, but there's like this kind of standoff. Then Riker checks in with the Enterprise. Spaceship, oh, the spaceship was like a table. Like, then we're back on the bridge looking at this weird spaceship that's like half visible. Uh, Dr. Crusher's something, she's like scanning the Data's bubble brain. And then after a minute, it lifts off and leaves, and Data's still asleep. Then we go to another commercial break. Then we're in space. Planet Picard walks into Troy. 
They put serious arm angles. I don't know what that means. It means their arms were at serious angles, saying this is serious business. Oh, when we're, then we're back on the planet. There's lots of side thigh. Oh, he must have talked to Troy over the radio. But yeah, like everyone talks about different side things. If you lived in a place that forbid viewing thighs, like you would love this because you say, wow, that's a lot of side thigh to see. Uh, everyone sits down and they try. Maybe Picard must. This one, Picard showed up, I guess, at the planet. Uh, combat serious. Uh, some people uh, have necklaces, some people don't. Some Van Dandy. I don't know what that is. Is some V A N I C T Y. Some van variety to their outfits. There we go. I figured it out. All very clean. And oh, I wondered is there a community? Do they do community laundry or their own? Like, do they use oat soap on this planet or some other soap? Uh, Crusher's kind of crushed by what Data says to her. Then we go to an ad. Then we're in space, both the ships. Picard, so Picard's still on the ship, I think. Maybe looking out, hands clasped, uh, thought, he's, thought, he's thinking and worried. Uh, data comes in. I don't know what room this is, but there's a small bar. So I said, is this the officer's lounge? But then I think I looked it up as the viewing, viewing lounge. Uh, data's got a theory. Then Crusher shows up. She's stoic and sad because her son's been arrested. Then we see Riker back in the planet. He's looking at trees. Uh, then Riker and Crusher beam in, and uh, woman bows to Riker. I, don't, I think that I think these notes are off. Uh, returns his pin. Yeah, I missed a set of notes because I thought Riker beamed back with someone for or Picard beamed back from someone with the planet. Uh, Wesley comes out with security, but Tash is with them, and they kind of discuss. Uh, uh, Picard kind of laces down, lays down. He makes some kind of pitch to security guys. And Wes kind of is trying to be strong, but then he kind of lets uh, gets to go to his mom. Uh, then Tasha kind of seemed to be trying to play peacemaker for everyone. And then everyone just beams up, uh, but no dice. I don't think it beamed up. The beams didn't work. And now everyone on the planet is like, uh, we're going to be in big trouble with that table up in space. So Picard yells up to the gods, and Riker kind of makes a comment, and then they get beamed up. So that's that's like, uh, it's kind of how a lot of episodes end. You know, Picard does something, Riker makes a comment, boom, the problem solved. And this was one to check, set your uh, time codes for. We're on the bridge, 4327. You got to check this out. Justice, 4327. I think that's the Amazon time code, but I'll probably work on the Netflix. Like, I just happen to be pausing it or something at this moment. And Data's totally having this social, uh, he's sitting in the captain's chair. He's talking to Counselor Troy. And it was like social hour, like there was no crisis at all. It's just hilarious, like just happened upon it. Data's like, and then, you know, Counselor Troy's like, tell me, Data, how do you process, you know, and then he goes, oh, funny story. I mean, that's not how Data talks, but like so, like that was what their body language said was happening. And then it's all hands on deck and the strange ship, build, ship build, build, building 
uh, disappears. Picard nods. Crusher puts her hands in her pockets, and they head off. And that was the end of the episode. All right, so here we are with the dialogue run-through and the live run-through. It's playing now, and it, it started, the captain's like talking about an M-class planet. I love how Picard says, unusually lovely. And uh, Riker's very excited uh, to uh, report. Or what, what is Riker excited about? Yeah, is Earth-like beautiful? It will startle you. Oh, yeah, they walk on the bridge, and Picard is, like, grinning and clean-shaven, uh, so happy. He looks like he just got a haircut. He's grinning ear to ear, ear to ear. And uh, double-team, uh, Troy and Crusher, they both say the crew needs some lead time. Uh, uh, oh, here, Riker comes on the bridge laughing, uh, full teeth. He's so smiling, so big. And he says, is it as good as you report, uh, uh, number one? And I love how Picard, this is another thing I'm learning because I'm new to this. He always says, suggestions. Now, why does it say pound 17? I don't know why I put pound 17. Maybe he said suggestions, number one. Let me just check here. And uh, so Troy and the, the Crusher, they say, we got to go down here. They say they're wild, like they're, you know, they have different beliefs. You know, they're uh, very lawful, but very uh, amorous. And then Picard says, what are the negatives? Riker says, not any that we know about. Uh, and then they're having this faulty reading, which is a little bit of, you know, pre, you know, saying. Uh, and then they say, well, let's take a small group down there. And they say, why don't you take a Wesley to check out if it'll be good for young people? It will startle you. Open things for the children. Then Tasha and LaForge, oh, they talk about no negatives, faulty reading. Seemed like a little tension between Data and Worf about the glitch in the system, but I'm not positive about that. And then Tasha's like, I'm in a hurry to get down there. Let's do this. And then, of course, there's let's hope this isn't too good to be true. And then it opens. And then, uh, what is CLS? I started trying to make notes for stuff. What is it? What would CLS stand for? Oh, Captain's Log Supplemental. Edo is the name of the planet. Uh, they call it Rubicon 3, or the people are Edo. And, uh, finally earned some well earned recreation. The people certainly are fit. I notice on this one that Riker also smells the woman's hair, not just Worf. So in the earlier one, you know, Worf kind of got pegged for that, but Riker also sniffed the woman's hair. And I can imagine if you're on a ship, like, uh, you say, well, geez, that smells like a coconut mango. Like, uh, we don't have that on the Enterprise, you know, cocoa mango shampoo. Uh, you know, Riker asks well, Troy what she thinks. She says they have healthy sens- sensuality. And then Worf has a killer line, which I'll have to look up here. Oh, he says, nice planet. When he hugs, uh, it's just hilarious. He hugs a woman. She says, I welcome the huge one. Oh, yes. And Worf says, nice planet. It was so smooth. Like he was at a bar. I don't know. And then she meets Wesley. says, oh, you're a young one. I don't know how, what your customs are regarding love, uh. And Wesley says, well, whatever you're into. And she says, uh, well, uh, uh, she just kind of gives, she gets it, though. She kind of gives him a basic uh, thing. 
And then they say, well, Jesus, do you want to go to the council or do you want to stay and play with love, you know? And they're like, oh, boy. And then Wes says, maybe I should get out of here. They say, let's find you some other kids to play with. Don't worry. Uh, no one does anything uncomfortable to them on the planet here. Uh, whatever pleases you. And when they say play at love, there's, like, lots of good looks exchanged. Oh, I like how the woman says, oh, this is unfair to them. Uh, yeah, our, our rules are simple. No one does anything uncomfortable to them. And then they say, well, do you want to run there? And then they say, perhaps they can't run. They they find that hilarious. And they say, can't Wesley, he's this is great. He goes, can't run. Of course we can run. Let's show him, Riker. And then Riker goes to Worf. He goes, hey, buddy, when in Rome, you know what I'm saying? And Worf goes, when and where, sir? And uh, everyone's saying, hey, welcome, welcome. Uh, to your good health, uh. And Riker says, uh, uh, like, because like, they're surprised they can run. And Riker says, we may surprise you in a lot of ways. Uh, uh, then we're back on the ship, and Data's like, that's not a glitch, sir. There's some sort of shadow out there. It's kind of in in and out of our dimension. And uh, Data, like, uh, that's what Data says. And Ricard says, we request you identify yourself. And then he put WTF Zoom to Picard uh, when the ship comes out or something. I don't know. And then there's a Zoom to Picard and the ad. Let's see the WTF moment. And Picard's looking. I see nothing. Oh, Data says uh, there's an object. We request you identify yourself. And then this strange table like uh, a ship also looks like a structure appears. Oh, here's the Zoom. Oh, Picard just has a WTF look on his face. Uh, then there's an ad. Then there's a hailing. I don't know what's hailing. Unintelligible. Oh, the, the, whatever they're saying. And this, it's half there. And then uh, Jordy looks at it. He says, it's something I've never seen before. It's almost, it's not really there. Uh, which is like, I said, something I've never seen before. I kind of thought that was a joke almost. And then uh, Data, they say, "What can that? What do you think they're saying?" Data says, "It says they stand by." And then the, that's when this like uh, soap bubble comes to the ship. And Picard, uh, why is everything become a something or whatever state a D? What does that mean? And then Picard says, "Why is everything become a, a something or whatever?" And then he, the uh, Edo, the thing says, "State the purpose of what you're doing." Uh, that's what the bubble says. And he says, I'm P Picard, Federation. Like, what do you want? He goes, oh, we're trying to make peaceful contact. Uh, and they said, are you going to leave people here? He said, no, no, we're just visiting. But we did leave some people somewhere else. Uh, we did do a colony. Uh, I think Ito asked about that. They said, well, it was uninhabited. The life forms we left there had sought to challenge of creating a new society. He goes, life on our world is driven to protect itself by seeding itself as widely as possible. And then the Edo says, don't mess with the children below. And then it goes over to the data and it says, can we exchange data? And then they say, Picard says, but probably be a good idea. Uh, then we see Wesley and the kids, there's like all the subtext and confusion I also notice that some people are wearing slippers at this point. I noticed but, you know, at some point, Wesley's playing with the kids, and he thinks uh, 
She goes, I'd like to teach you something. And Wesley goes, well, I'm not, you know, he goes, I'm not, he goes, I don't know. And she goes, playing ball. And he goes, oh, I, he goes, if you got a bat, I could show you how to play ball. A stick or a branch, something this long. But Wesley's kind of supposed to be the the, the wallflower, which is, I mean, because he, like, I don't know, it's just, it's hard not to read between the lines on some of this, but I think it is, and, and, and easy to miss, too, in a good way, like where you're not, like me, you know, over-reading. Uh, then Riker, this will please you. Oh, there are people playing the ball game. They say, hey, this will please you. Join us. The good like Worf. Oh, I think that's what Riker says. This is a good life, huh, Worf? And Worf says, I'm not concerned with pleasure, Commander. I'm a warrior. And uh, he goes, uh, Riker goes, don't you need love? And he goes, uh, well, if I wanted love, I'd like a Klingon woman. And Riker goes, what about, like, pleasure? He goes, don't you have a need for that? And Worf goes, yeah, but uh, he goes, it's too fragile. And, you know, this is killing it for Riker even. He goes, hey, Worf, if anyone else said that, I suspect he was bragging. And he goes, bragging? And then he goes, I got to call. He goes, I got to check in. Oh, wait, there was also, um, oh, also the bubble. I forgot the voice of the bubble sounds like Paul Freese, the famous voice actor. Riker cracks up. Worf just has a serious face. Then Riker can't reach the Enterprise. And he goes, get our uh, uh, selves together. And then just the way Worf said this, he goes, including Wesley, the boy. He just says it in this way. I love Worf. I mean, if you don't get that, you'll soon realize my love for Worf. I mean, I believe most of the roommates I've had in my life have been a Worf. If there was a personality type, uh, I mean, I don't mean like physically. I mean, but uh, so then Riker, uh, yeah, Riker and Troy go to look for Wesley. And Tosh is having this like conversation over cocktails about crime, because they say, "Oh, we used to have crime, but now we don't, because uh, there's just a zone, and if you uh, are breaking any laws in that zone, you get you get in trouble, and it's pretty strict, so no one breaks any laws." And Tosh is like, "Any law?" And they're like, "Any law?" And she goes, well, "Why didn't you tell the visitors about this?" And Worf's like, then Worf's there, they're like, "We better get Wesley." Because uh, you know how clumsy he is. Uh, then we have the law is the law, they say. And uh, then Wesley goes past the line and falls into the new plants. He goes, it's fine. I'm fine. Wesley's like, don't worry about me. They're like, no, no, the plants. And then security uh, shows up. And this was very science fiction-y in a good way. Because they say, oh, how sad you uh you broke those plans. They say, well, he didn't know about the rules. And they say, well, always sad, now doubly so. And he said, Wesley says, well, I was just play, playing ball. Like, uh, he goes, I'm from Starfleet. We don't lie. And they say, well, okay, but sorry, we do, uh, you, you know, you're in trouble. Then, uh, Riker, let's see. I'm sorry, I messed up new plants. Uh, it's like a totally confusing situation. And then Riker shows up, and then they say, well, is this how friends, you're, you're a friend's Riker's like, well, you're not arresting Wesley. And they go, is this how friends act? Riker can't get through the Enterprise. And then we see, like, we, and then Tosh and Worf show up, and they're like, this is trouble. And then, let's see, Data and the bubble are having an information exchange. The bubble leaves. 
And then they get a call from Riker. And I think that's when Picard says, I'm beaming down. Then there's an ad. And then Riker and Picard, they talk to Troy. And they say, well, here people are honest to a fault. Uh, uh, but they have great pride in, you know, how they do things. And then I, they said, Yartha, Captain, we're ready. And then that's when the prime directive comes in. Because Picard's like, well, I just can't break... Uh, they say, well, these are our rules, and we have to follow them. Wesley damaged the plants. He was in the non-damaging plant zone. Yeah, he goes, that's our laws. Maybe you have laws where you come from. And, uh, you know, they talk about, geez, you know, crime and punishment, you know, Dostoevsky-type stuff, and how laws change and how people advance. And they say, well, geez, well, maybe you could just take Wesley. Like, we can't release him because those are our laws. But maybe, you know, if you're so advanced, you could just take him from us. And then Picard's like, well, we have the prime directive. So it means we can't mess with your laws. We have to follow your laws, kind of. And Riker goes, there's this big thing going around your planet. You have any idea who what that is? They go, oh, yeah, it's God up there. He goes, it's like a table building ship. They go, oh, yeah, it's God protecting us. It, but, you know, Riker doesn't say that. They go. He goes, how would you describe God? They said, well, existing here and in another place also, which was true. And if God wants to show power, it can make itself felt most full, fully. Oh, also, this was a WTF uh, thing that could be invested. We have learned to detect the seeds of criminal behavior. Picard said that at some point. I said, what? And that sounded controversial to me. Uh, then Picard takes a woman with him in Troy, and she says, I'm frightened, uh, you know, going because she's about to get uh, transported to another planet to see her god. And Troy says, don't worry. She actually says there's no reason to be. I don't know if that's, like, a proper counseling. And her name's Riven R- R- or something. And she's, like, very impressed with the ship. She goes, she says this is, like, a big thing. Uh, then she has to like go look at her own god. Of course, she falls to her knees. Uh, then Picard ticks the god off, you know, because he says, uh, you know, identify. I don't know. He wants to know that this is definitely uh, how, like how do you know it's your god? And have you talked to it? And the uh, the god says, put my kid back on Earth. And so Picard sends her down. Says, well, that didn't work out. And Ricard says, geez, I feel bad about that. And uh, he goes, she she was really frightened by her God. And Troy says, "Uh, it's understandable, sir. Sharing an orbit with God is no small experience. I liked that line. And then, you know, Crusher says, geez, what are you going to do, you know, to get my kid out? Uh, And she she goes, I expect some action. He goes, if he was your son, you'd be as frightened. And Picard says, but I am. And then we have this funny thing that's become a kind of recurring theme for me. It's like, is Data like a super stoned person sometimes? Because uh, Data re- recovers from the Data thing, the Data exchange. And Picard says, well, what do you think's going on? And he goes, perhaps it's not a vessel, sir. He goes, the dimension, this they're talking about the Edo God. Uh, the, dis- the dimensions that it occupies them allows them to be in several places at once, but they consider this entire star cluster theirs. He goes, probably shouldn't have put a colony here. 
He goes, uh, well, we picked the one that was the largest and the closest. And Picard says, Data, don't babble. He goes, babble, sir. I'm not aware I ever babble, sir. It may be that from time to time I have considerable information to communicate, and you may question the way I organize it. And Picard says, please, I said, Data could do this podcast. Please organize in brief answers to my questions. And he says, you know, get to the point. And he goes, do the gods accept our presence? You're like, Picard's trying to find his way around the prime directive. Uh, but then he says, he goes, Data gets too terse. And he says, Data, please feel free to volunteer any important information. He goes, well, you just shamed me for being a babbler. And then they kind of go back and forth about the prime directive. And if they violate it, what will the Edo God do? And Data says, well, it's just judging us by our own rules uh, make us untrustworthy. But Data doesn't know the context. And then at the end he goes, you're right, sir. I do tend to babble. Uh, I just liked it. Uh, but then Picard kind of figures out, uh, figures it out. Another sh- sto- store's moment, another, oh, another stoned moment. Uh, I do tend to babble. Then there's an ad. Uh, then there was a really good uh, stardate, uh, Captain's Log stardate. Uh, whatever object or vessel is in orbit with us, it hangs there like a nemesis. I just loved that too. And then Data goes to meet with Picard. Picard says, he goes, Data goes, you want me, sir? He goes, yeah, let's have some more talk, Data. And he goes, uh, sit down. And Data says, well, what level of communication, sir? And Picard says, any. My apologies for saying you babbled. And Picard is such a, uh, I mean, he's really quick to apologize when he's wrong. He's a good captain. But it's just funny, like, uh, I don't know, the details you could pick out of the show that are cool. I just find this so cool that there's this uh, babbling thing in here, and it just really makes me love the show and watching it for the fourth time this episode. Um, Let's see, so they have more talk. Data's got some great questions. He really helps Picard kind of find an answer. Because uh, Picard says, well, what do you think I should do with it? He goes, well, with the Prime Directive, he goes... Uh, how do they evaluate the Prime Directive? Uh, what are their values? And Picard says, she's not how I had to explain it. He goes, I, I, he goes, the way Wesley being arrested with everybody I'm in charge of in the Prime Directive. And Picard says, uh, and Data says, well, will you choose one person over a thousand? And Data says, or Picard says, I refuse to let arithmetic decide questions like this. And then they kind of talk about, like, uh, Jesus, how is this a god, this this uh, device? Uh, the big question, like one versus a thousand. And I just put wow about this uh, discussion, uh, you know, because he says, well, any advanced life form is going to seem like a god to a lesser life form. Uh, but he, even Data says, this is, like, this is cool because he says, well, maybe this is another step in evolution because when they were probing my mind, I saw they existed once just in this dimension like we do, maybe even flesh. And he goes, but now they're living in some sort of multidimensional universe, which has advantages we do not even understand. And actually, I think this is what it gives for, I didn't realize it till just this moment, but then Picard says, well... Maybe they had shared values when they were, you know, flesh, if they were flesh, you know, humans. And Data says, well, the Edo, you know, the Edo are like uh, somewhat uh, mammalian too. And Picard says, well, why would an advanced, uh, 
like, you know, multidimensional race be looking over this planet. And he goes, well, it's like a colony, maybe. Uh, then Crusher comes, and they get ready to go down. Picard says, don't worry, I'll deal with this. Uh, something regret, something Wesley. Then they're on the planet, and Riker, they're like, okay, it's almost time. Then Picard and Crusher come, and the woman almost confuses them with gods. Uh, then Wesley comes... He goes, are you going to let him arrest me? He goes, no, but we have to find a way out. And then the security guards are like, you know, you're here. What are you doing? You're kind of disrupting our way of life uh, with all this nonsense. And Picard's trying to weigh out the different rules. And Wesley's like, geez, I don't want my, you know, he goes, just because he goes, I don't want to like my, he goes, I'm not more important than, uh, you know, all the other people on the ship. I don't know what, what I'm going to do here, but Captain Picard. And then Picard's like, all right, I think we're ready to go. And then the Edo even warn them. They say, well, our God's not going to be happy with you if you just do what you wish. Because uh, Picard's like, geez, we're, supposed to, we're not supposed to interfere with other lives in the galaxy. Because uh, they're like, what kind of justice is this if it's just your justice? You know, this is a kind of like a subtle anti-colonial statement. But then Tosh is like, well, what about Wesley and Justice? He didn't know your laws. And Picard's like, well, I got to make a decision. You know, I got to worry about my form of justice, kind of. Uh, and then the transporter won't work. So then Picard yells up to the god. Well, I think first uh, uh, Dr. Grusha says, this is an unfair god. Uh, and they say, well, ignorance of you know, law doesn't isn't a defense. And Picard says, I don't know how to communicate this, but, you know, quite justice has concerned me of great lately. And I say to any creature that's listening, there can be no justice as long as the laws are absolute. This was the same message at the end of Aladdin, by the way. Uh, even life itself is an exercise in exceptions. And this one, Riker goes, yeah, when's justice as simple as a rule book? And then they beamed up, and Picard says, it seems the Edo Lord agrees with you, number one. And then we're back on the bridge, and Riker uh, puts a viewer on. Picard says, let's call him. Uh, he says, uh, he goes, we're going to remove the colonists from the solar system if you signal us to do so. Please tell us. And then the ship just disappears, and uh, uh, they say, Is that, was that a signal? And Picard says, I suppose, I suppose it must be. I was hoping for more. And Jordy says, of what, sir? I'm glad it's gone. And Riker says, yep, short and sweet, godlike efficiency. And Ricard, of course, like being the commander, he says, geez, I was hoping we'd learn more about it. But since we can't, let's roll, uh, number one. And he says, gladly, sir. And that ends the the episode. Uh, I want to say send some thank yous out to everybody on Twitter. Uh, Hal and Mark from We Got This, uh, my friends over at Kind Bikes, uh, Jeff C. from Night Vale, Spoilist uh, for uh, Next Gen Tips, Suze, glad to be helping you through your finals, Sad Miles, uh, you know, I hope those are tears of a clown, but tears of clownful joy, uh, Maggie G. in the stand, uh, Shut Up Wesley uh, podcast for their tips, uh, 10F10, uh, Burning Z, 
and Julie C. Ashley, thank you uh, for the live shout out. Jordan, Star Wars shout out. Yuri, uh, thanks. Mystery Bard, Amanda Fantabulizer, thank you. Uh, Sally W., thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Melanie W., thanks a lot. Good night. Uh, Ty Fi, her good friend Ty Fi. Uh, Diet Cheese, cheese, I tried to get that. Anyway, thanks, Tyler. Uh, Calvin T., thanks. And a shout out to Roos Bolton, Michael Bolton, John Bolton. I want to say McKenzie. Is there a McKenzie Bolton? I don't know. Is there a famous McKenzie Bolton? I'd say there should be. That sounds good, doesn't it? McKenzie Bolton. Michael Bolton's son, who's become like, who ends up becoming like a super handsome, fancy actor or actress, because Mackenzie could go, you know, they could be either type name, either gender. Really, trying to get through these thank yous. Way at uh, Jelly Sack, thanks and good night. At Trey Bell Spa, thank you very much and good night. Luke, Lars Art Gallery, that was a great shot of uh, Ray. Thanks, Lars. Uh, Heather M., thank you. Devin, thank you. George and Karen, thanks for Devin. Atomic April. Uh, Miriam M., thanks and good night. Uh, Lauren B. Sahil, thanks for uh, that, uh, checking that Tim Ferriss and Burbig thing. That was great. Uh, Winnie, thanks and good night. Steve W., thanks and good night. Jane L., thanks and good night. Did I say Atomic April? I say it twice because it's alliterative. Uh, Babs, be like Babs, thanks and good night. Uh, Kaylee, thank you. Sophie W., thanks. Castbox, thank you. Becky, Texas Beck, enjoy that Unami. Umami, 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 there's no N in it, though, but I say Unami. Umami, anyway, Poppy, thanks and good night. Uh, Anna Ferris' podcast, just shout out to them, they're, they're so great. Uh, Kiva, thank you and good night. Uh, Judith K., thank you and good night. Jenny K., thank you and good night. Nikki D., thanks and good night. Sam B. to the S., uh, thank you and good night. Uh, BC, thanks and good night. Gracias, uh, for sure. Steve B., uh, Alec, Alex, thanks and good night. Beth G., thanks. Meg S., thank you. Van, uh, thanks and good night. Stacy, the chef, thank you and good night. Issa Ray, shout out. Uh, uh, Lindsay uh, W. and uh, Bobby F. from uh, Who Weekly, thanks and good night. Uh, Emerson H., thanks and good night. Justin E. to the D., thank you. Lori S., thanks for that Knox transmitter. Noel W., or, or first off, the first Noel. Uh, Nicholas J., thanks. Eric S., uh, thanks. Uh, thanks and good night. Uh, Mighty, Mickey Mighty, thanks. Oh, Mickey Mighty doesn't like the podcast. <laughs> Never mind. Posty Posterson sounds like an earful. Thanks and good night. Uh, Christiana, thanks and good night. Mel Sale, thank you and good night. Uh, Hobby, thanks and good night. Uh, Josh, uh, thank you and good night. Uh, Lindsay O, thank you and good night. Andrea W., thanks and good night. Xmas Kitty, thanks and good night. And Alexandra S. to the Z. 
Oh, and Matt, uh, Matt, Matty XP. All right, thanks and good night, everybody.